the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. I love how uh, Jesse shared that when she wanted to come check us out, she loved the vibe here. So I want to thank you because you are uh, probably 90% of what the vibe is. It's the people that project who we are and what we're about, and so thank you. Uh, it's important how we treat those who come in, and people quickly get a sense of kind of who we are and what we're about. And so I love that sense of people being engaged in their faith, connecting people to other people. I know that for me, uh, being new, it's been helpful when someone has said, hey, let me introduce you to this other person, and you've helped me make connections, and I appreciate that. Here at Bethany, we have said that one of the key elements of our mission together is to be people who are inviting other people to know God. And this is a little different, isn't it? It's, it's a little different than saying, hey, let me walk you across the room and introduce you to this person. If we're inviting someone to get to know God through a personal relationship with their Jesus Christ, we need to think a little bit differently how to do that. And so for these past five weeks together, we have been using the acronym BLESS to remind us of, of habits and practices that we might use in our everyday lives to introduce people to a relationship with God. The B we saw stands for begin with prayer. We begin with prayer to thank God for how he has blessed us. We begin with prayer because we want to ask God, would you guide us? Would you give us opportunities to share your love with the people around us? We begin with prayer so that we can Talk to God about the people who are on our hearts. Talk to God about the people we long to see come to know him through a saving relationship with Christ. And then we get to listen. Listen for God talking to us about the people he cares about even more deeply than we do. And the L stands for listen with care. We listen as we pray to God. We listen for the guiding voice of the Holy Spirit throughout our day. We listen to the people around us. We listen for their stories. We listen for what God is already doing in their lives. And then maybe after listening, we invite them to lunch. The E we saw stands for eat together. Jesus modeled the power of a shared meal again and again. We see that throughout the Gospels. He modeled the impact of hospitality both offered and received. It was often over meals we see that Jesus connected most deeply, most personally, most naturally with the people around him. It gave him time for him to listen and then to share the good news of the kingdom of God. And we know that in, in our busy lives, meals are oftentimes we finally get to spend some unrushed time with the people around us. Last week we talked about the first S of bless, which stands for serve with love. Sounds like what uh, our Ecuador project is really, really all about. We looked again at the example of Jesus in the upper room where Jesus demonstrated that he didn't think himself to be above the humblest acts of loving service, that he was willing even to wash the dirty feet of his friends gathered together for that Passover meal. His love for them led him to serve and to put others first. But then we saw he said, and now you should go and do likewise. You should be like me, your master, your Lord, your teacher and serve others with love. 
And when we do that, when we serve others with a genuine spirit of love, we get to present a picture of God's love that goes along with the words and the truth that we share with people. And this leads us to our our final week and our final letter of bless. The second S stands for share your story. As disciples of Jesus who long to help people know about God and come to know him personally through Jesus Christ. We want to communicate the gospel, yes, with our actions of service and love, but also with clear and loving words. We want people to know about God's love for them, his good plans for them, and their lostness without him. And often a good place to share that story of what God is up to in the history of people is to begin with ourselves and to share a bit of our own story. This is the power of the personal testimony. One of Jesus' disciples was named John. He's often referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he seemed to have this special relationship, perhaps along with Peter and James, kind of the inner circle of Jesus' closest friends and trusted disciples. And John, we know, wrote a gospel that appears in our Bibles, but he also wrote three letters, three epistles. And John knew the power of a personal story. And we see this in the opening words of his first letter to the Christians and to the not yet Christians in first century, in the first century Roman Empire. John opens his first letter with these words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Other versions say to make your joy complete. So John opens his letter by saying, say, hey, listen, I'm not going to share anything with you that I haven't seen myself, heard firsthand, touched myself. I'm going to share with you things that aren't rumors, that aren't just unsubstantiated claims, You can trust me because I I was there. I'm sharing things that I have seen myself. I'm a credible witness. That's how John opens his letter. Because John had spent time with Jesus in person. If we were to sit down with John, we'd be able to hear about Jesus' moods and a bit of his personality, maybe some of the quirks that don't appear in the gospel. We'd be able to get an accurate description of what Jesus looked like how he talked, what it was like to actually hang out and spend time with Jesus. We'd get a first-hand account of what Jesus was like. Now, of course, as disciples these days, we, we can't do that. We can't present that same first-hand account of physically being with Jesus. But we can tell people around us about the things that we've seen, things that we've heard, things that we've experienced in our walk with God in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, we can point to the work of God in other places, other times, most helpfully in the scriptures. We'll need to do that as as we hope to present a clear and compelling story to people of what it means to be saved through faith in Christ. 
But we should never, ever underestimate the power of our own stories as we share the love of God with the people around us. From this passage in 1 John, really from the whole account of Scripture, we learn some important things about the power of story. First of all, we see that the story of God goes way back. John begins his letter by saying, that which was from the beginning. And here in this letter, we hear echoes of how John begins his gospel, where he uses the term, the word, to talk about Jesus. In John 1, he writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And of course, the opening lines of both this letter of John and the Gospel of John clearly point back to another reference to a beginning in the Bible, and that's from Genesis 1, where we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so the story we find in the Bible is really the story of God and God's interaction with his creation, most specifically with the people that God created in his own image. It's a story, the story of God and the people he calls to himself. And we see that this story goes, goes back as far as we can imagine and then some. There's really nothing that is known or nothing, and nothing that can be known about all of created time and space and history that doesn't include God. And as we read Scripture, this, this greatest story ever told, we come face to face with the amazing reality that our stories are actually part of God's story. Now, from our perspective, it may seem like, like we're living our lives, they're kind of humming along, or maybe sometimes kind of stumbling or blundering along. We're living our life, and then we would say, God showed up. From our perspective, it seems like we have our lives, and then God sort of appears. It might seem from our perspective that God kind of goes in and out of our lives. There are times he seems like he's there, times it may seem like he's not. But the truth of Scripture is that our entire lives are lived out within God's eternal story. David writes of God in Psalm 139, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And the Apostle Paul tells the people of Athens, he says, your poets have it right when they say, in him we live and move and have our being. Our stories are played out in the context of God's story. And so this gives us a more accurate perspective and understanding of, yes, how small and short our stories are, but on the other hand, how, how beautiful our stories are as we see that our lives are woven into the fabric of God's story over all time. It makes our stories that much more beautiful as we recognize we have a purpose, we have a place in God's story. And so our stories really are our stories. They're unique to us and they're worth telling. Because our stories are part of the story of what God is up to in the world, of how God interacts with the people he created, our stories matter. This is the truth we've been proclaiming to each other for the past month in our calls to worship. So thank you, Pastor Chris. It's not by accident, is it? No. <laughs> our stories matter, and they're worth sharing. 
We've got good news to share with the people around us about God. But we also have good news to share about how the good news of Jesus has shaped our lives, has changed our lives, how it continues to influence our lives. Several weeks ago, I invited you to think about your personal testimony in terms of the kind of testimony an eyewitness might present in a court of law. Now, we know that expert witnesses are called in because we think they know what they're talking about. They're called in to provide some, some reliable, uh, in-depth expert testimony about the things they know. That's an expert witness. But an eyewitness is called to the stand to be asked questions like, well, what did you see? What did you hear? Did you smell anything? What did you touch? What was it like to be there that day? And this is what John was saying in the letter to those early Christians, that he was going to share with them things that he had seen and heard personally. Someone once described to me how we as Christians really should have a, a three-word testimony and then a 30-second version of that story, then maybe a three-minute testimony, and maybe a 30-minute account of what God has done in our lives. And three words might sound kind of challenging, but maybe we can come up with three words of our life's experience with God. Something like faithfulness during trials, bigger than expected, tough but joyful, Jesus found me. And then you might think of how you might expand on that a bit over, over 30 seconds, the proverb, proverbial elevator speech. If you had 30 seconds to share with someone what God has done in your life, what might you share? Sometimes we'll have three minutes, five minutes just to engage in conversation with someone. And there are times we'll have a half an hour, an hour, perhaps over a meal, to enter into conversation about what God is doing in our lives and to listen for what God is up to in the life of another person. This morning, I want to encourage you to think about ways we can use our stories as a way to bless the people around us. Because all of us who have come to faith in Jesus have a story to tell. Our stories might not seem as dramatic as some of those we've read or heard, but our stories are our stories, and they matter. Our stories point to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Maybe we can talk about what it's like to actually try to, fo to, try to follow the example of this, this person, this teacher, this Lord, who we can't see, but whom we can read about in the Bible that we've been given. We can be honest in our stories. We can talk about how it's not always easy, that it can be a rocky journey sometime with ups and downs, how life with God can be challenging, frustrating, confusing sometimes. In fact, if we're honest about our stories, that's probably all the better. Personal stories matter. It's fascinating to see in the passage that was read this morning from Luke 8 that this man who was given deliverance by Jesus from demonic oppression, uh, perhaps not surprisingly, wanted to follow Jesus. He said, let me, let me go with you. And Jesus said, no. You think about all the times Jesus said, come, follow me, and here's this, this man who's eager to follow. And Jesus says, no, go back to your town and tell everyone about all the things that God has done for you. And Luke tells us that the man went away and told all over town what Jesus had done. 
And we can only imagine the impact of that story. I'm sure it would have been more of an adventure for the man that day to follow Jesus down the road. I'm sure he would have learned more about Jesus and from Jesus if he had tagged along and and stuck close. But somehow Jesus knew that just from what this man had experienced, he was able to bless the people in his town by sticking, staying behind, sticking around, and sharing his story. And I think this is a good reminder for us when we might feel like, okay, I need, to, I need to learn more about Jesus. I need to understand more about Christianity before I'm ready to share my story, before I'm ready to share the gospel, the good news about Jesus with someone. Jesus thought this man was ready. This story is a good reminder to us if we say, you know what, rather than talk to people that don't know Jesus, I, I'd rather hang out with him. I'd rather hang out with people that, that know Jesus and they, they get me. I'd rather go to church again for another meeting. I'd rather go on a spiritual retreat. And those are all great things. But this story reminds us that we already have a story to tell. That God's already put us in a place where we can talk about the things that God has done for us. Our stories matter, and they can bless the people around us. As we've spent these five weeks together, digging in to bless as a way to to, uh, prepare ourselves to share God's love with those around us, as we've learned about these five habits walking through B-L-E-S-S, we recognize that even though we've talked about them one at a time, They don't necessarily always happen in this order. It might not always be B-L-E-S-S, bless for you. Maybe this week it'll be bleseb or blesses or something. We're going to be hopping around because we're going to be given opportunities by God to bless people in different ways, in different times, in the week ahead and in the weeks ahead. Yes, we do want to begin with prayer every time we sense an opportunity to share God's love with someone. Yes, more likely than not, we want to listen to someone's story before we share ours. But we may not eat a meal with someone, for example, before we have an opportunity to serve them with love or to share the good news about what God is doing in our life. We might find ourselves being given opportunities by God to do any of these practices at any given time with any given person. And so this is why it's always so important for us to be continually praying, asking for God to guide us and to empower us as we share his love with those around us. Listening might lead us to sharing, which then might lead to a renewed season of of listening and serving. I've invited Ben Kelly to come up today and uh, come on up, Ben. Share with us a little bit about... um, how God's been, been working in your life, you know, what uh, God's been up to, because you told me about this opportunity God gave you just as you decided to hang out with a new group of people and uh, do some listening and sharing. So why don't you come over to the, uh, the interview stand here. <laughs> so we call you as an eyewitness, not, not as an expert witness. <laughs> so Ben, tell me about uh, kind of this new group of people you've been hanging out with lately and what it was like to just do some listening and caring. Yeah, so I went on a trip to Yosemite and went with some friends and we ended in San Francisco, um, just having a good time hiking and 
exploring the area. And um, one of the later nights that we had just talking um, with all the friends, um, we were talking about tattoos and a girl in the friend group uh, said she was getting one removed. So I asked more about it and it was the Christian fish tattoo. So instantly in my, in my mind, I'm like, no, don't do that. But um, I didn't say anything and I asked her to explain more of what the tattoo was and why she wanted to get it removed. And she just started explaining that um, it was from a time earlier in her life that she was maybe influenced to get it for different reasons, maybe peer pressure, and that she didn't feel like it was um, more important in her life now. And then uh, she shared that her mom said, oh, you don't love Jesus anymore? So just listening, she's starting to open up about challenging times in her life. and. Um, instead of jumping on the bandwagon and saying, you know, your mom's right, even though she didn't say it in the best way, I just listened and had her share her story. And um, I was debating talking to her later or the next day and taking her side and saying, let's have an in-depth conversation, but I just didn't, I just let it go mm -hmm. and uh, went back home and yeah, but then later you did that. have an opportunity to share to share with her, right? Yeah, yeah. So I messaged her on Instagram because I couldn't leave it that open-ended. So I'll share a little bit about what I said. I said it was nice to meet you the other week. Um, so I'm the drummer at my church in Connecticut. I've grown up in this church, and it's been very influential to my life and relationships I've cultivated over the years. Uh, we talked shortly about Christianity in San Fran, and I was wondering if you'd be interested in having a conversation over the phone sometime about faith, your experiences in church, and family life relating to it. I'd like to listen to your story with full, undivided attention, and I'd like to share mine as well. If it's not something you'd like to do, that's totally okay. I hope you have a good week and enjoy the amazing weather out there. So she responded with, uh, thanks for reaching out. It was great to meet you. I had a blast. Um, going to pass on the convo, though, because I'm still wrestling with some stuff in my head, and I'm not quite ready slash sure how to articulate it. If that changes, I'll be sure to reach out. It's nice knowing you are offering. So I responded with, I'm always here if you want to have that conversation, and it remains open-ended. Yeah. So as we do this, as we have opportunities to, to bless those around us by sharing what God's given us, um, doesn't always wrap up in a uh, neat and tidy ending, um, but that's life. So thank you for sharing your story and for your faithfulness. Thank you. That story continues, and we will pray for your friend and for you, Ben. But thanks for that example of just being ready, you know, and just being faithful being a little bit brave, you could have left it hanging, um, but you said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out and see where this goes and see what God has in this. By the grace of God and by the work of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, I pray that each of us would be alert, alert for opportunities to bless the people around us, to stay curious about what God might be up to in their lives, to be brave, 
when it comes to sharing the good news about Jesus and about what God is doing in our own lives. To be selfless when it comes to serving others with love. And to be generous in sharing our lives and the good news with people God brings along our path. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we thank you for blessing us. Thank you for the greatest blessing of all, the gift of new life through faith in your son, Jesus. Lord, would you please give us opportunities to share that gift with the people around us. Show us ways we can bless the people you bring into our lives in big ways and even in small ways. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.